0: Well, hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, Healing is the Children's Bread. Today is part number two of that series, and it is entitled, The Choke Point. We're going to answer the question, or at least start to answer the question, what is stopping you from receiving your healing, from receiving your miracle? We'll be talking about that today and a whole lot more, so stick around. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. And while you are there, don't forget to click that Give button to support the ministry. Your gifts are helping us to spread the gospel all around the world. And as we say here, when you give, people live. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and it is entitled The Choke Point, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. So to welcome again, all of you that are here today, uh, all of you that are joining us this morning by way of YouTube and by way of Periscope, we greet you this morning in Jesus' name. I pray that you are ready to hear the rich word of the Lord today. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go right back into the series today uh, entitled Healing is the Children's Bread. And uh, so let's go ahead and and have a word of prayer before we uh, really get into this today. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this day and for everything that you have uh, planned and ordained to be done this day. Lord, we pray that uh, we pray against every hindrance, every distraction, anything that would keep your people from receiving from you today. We pray we pray those things would be cast down in Jesus name and that uh, our hearts would be open to receive what you are saying. And Amen. and great Amen. Holy Spirit, we do just we do cry out to you that you would yes. fill our mouths Lord. with uh, what needs to be said. Yes. And uh, fill our hearts, Lord, with that seed that will grow forth into um, yes. a mighty tree that will bless My the Lord. nations. Yes, we bless you this morning yes, thank you, Jesus. in Jesus name. Amen. Well, on last week, we spoke from the subject of, does anybody remember? That's right. No more crumbs. No more crumbs. Uh, healing, we, uh, we gave you a little demonstration last week of, I think, Sister Belinda and um, Minister Belinda and, and Brother Tito was there on uh, last week and, and how they were so daring to take a hold of that bread and uh, such a lovely piece of bread. And some of you had the opportunity to eat some of that bread, and I'm sure you were really blessed. Uh, the bread belongs to you as a child. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Please help me out with that, okay? The bread belongs to you as a child of God. That's important for you to realize that. Healing belongs to the children. Healing is the children's bread. It is not a debate uh, on whether or not God wants to heal you. That's not a debate at all. That's not in God's mind. His mind says yes and amen. He wants to heal you completely and totally, period. There is no doubt about it whatsoever. As a matter of fact, let's go to the book of Isaiah just for a moment. I'm going to show you some things in Isaiah. <clears throat> and today we'll speak from the subject of the choke point. The choke point. And we'll tell you about that in a minute. But let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah 53. We may be going over this again and again and again in this series as we talk about healing. Now, remember that every time the Lord gives us a series, it's like we are sitting under uh, a shelter of that word. And it's like the sprinkler system is on. If we had one in this building, the sprinkler system would be on. And, you know, and it's raining down, raining down, whatever we're talking about. Are you hearing me? So you're in an atmosphere of healing right here, right now. So all we have to do is dial into it, just dial into it. There'll be some things about healing that will be revealed in this series that many of you've never heard before. And as we are in this series, uh, there'll be things that many of you have been dealing with for, for a long time. And you wonder why haven't I heard this before? why haven't I heard that before? Well, we're in this vein of teaching now. So the Holy Spirit has given us new information and he's also going to bring some things back to your, your remembrance, some things that he said to you before. So I'll ask you just make sure you're dialed in, in this series, make sure you're dialed in so that you can receive all that God has for you. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is part two. So let's look again in Isaiah, Isaiah 53. And, uh, let's look at verse number four. It says, surely He hath, what, borne our griefs and, what, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and, what, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, what, we are healed, now I want to bring attention today to verse number four for a moment. It says, "Surely he hath borne our griefs, borne our griefs." The word "griefs" in many translations, and if you look it up also in the uh, Hebrew, it means one of the definitions is sickness. So we can say, "Surely he has borne our sickness, sicknesses." Now to "borne," it says "borne," b-o-u-r, sorry, b-o-r-n-e. Boy, it's bad when you misspell something that's right in front of you, isn't it? Surely he has borne our griefs, or we can say sicknesses. To borne, the word borne there means to carry away, to carry on, lift up and carry away. So Jesus has lifted up and carried away our what? Griefs or what? Sicknesses, all right? So I want you to catch that picture in your mind of Jesus picking it off of you and carrying it away. And it says also, in fact, it says, and carried our sorrows. Another definition of the word sorrows there in the uh, Hebrew is pain. So he is in effect. He has in effect carried carried your sicknesses off, and he's carried your pains off. Now, I need someone here to help me uh, demonstrate this part. So anyone that wants to come on up. All right, Brother Scott, great. Come on up and grab that towel right over there. And uh, Scott and I are gonna demonstrate this because I want you to get a picture of what's happening. I want you to get a picture of what's happening. Come on up, Scott. In Jesus' name, all right. Now, you're going to play the part of Jesus. God bless him. Stand right here, Lord, stand right there. All right, here am I. Nope, I need somebody else. I need somebody else. Come on. I I don't believe Jesus is white. Oh, bless him. Bless him, Lord. I need someone else. Come on up. Who else will to help me? Brother Gene, come on. Praise the Lord. All right. So here is Gene. I'm sorry, you are. Come on over this way a little bit here, Gene. Gene is save brother number one, okay? Save brother number one. And we have Scott playing the role of Jesus, all right? Say brother number one and Jesus, okay? All right. So the Bible says here that surely the Lord has, what? He has borne our griefs. Another definition for griefs is what? Sickness, right? And carried our what? Sorrows. Another definition for sorrows is what? Pain. All right. So Gene is carrying, I'm sorry, say brother number one. Uh, is carrying sickness and pain. Now, Jesus says, surely, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would, would carry it off. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jesus. Take it off of him. All right. Surely, the word surely there means truly. Truly, he hath borne, or he is now carrying the sickness and pain that, say, brother number one had. You see that? He's now carrying that. Now, So who has the sickness and pain right now? Jesus Jesus have it. Does saved brother number one have it? No. No. Jesus must have it. Now, are the words of the Bible true? Can you depend on God's word? So Isaiah prophesied and Jesus brought it to pass. So the sicknesses or the pains that was upon saved brother number one have been transferred to Jesus. Now, Jesus is going to carry them off. He is totally off the camera now. He is totally carried them off. So say brother number one no longer has those sicknesses or pains. Amen. We're going to go deeper in that today. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Thank you. Say brother number one. All right. Well, somebody said, well, what did Jesus do with him? What did Jesus do with it? It really doesn't matter, but what did he do with it? Because understand something, when Jesus hung on the cross, he carried your sicknesses with him. He carried your pains with him. He carried your sorrows with him. He was punished for your peace, the punishment that brought you peace. All all of that was upon Jesus and when he died, the Bible says that he uh, went into the lower parts of the earth and he took your sins and your sicknesses, your sorrows, your pains, and he burned them up in the lake of fire. Now, how do we know that Jesus got rid of them? Well, the next time we saw him, he's there visiting with the disciples. Well, rather, Mary saw him in the garden tomb, right? Mary saw him there. Was Jesus going, Hold on, Mary. <coughs> I'm carrying about <to> <coughs> No, Jesus was perfectly healthy. Perfectly healthy and perfectly whole. So whatever transpired between his death and his resurrection, between that place, he carried your sicknesses, my sicknesses, our pains off, dealt with them, and then he rose all power and completely healthy. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So... He can say it with me. Jesus carried off, carried them away. Jesus carried my sicknesses away. He carried my pains away. All right. So we say, well, what is this that I'm experiencing now? You are experiencing the potential of giving God glory. You are experiencing a potential of giving God glory. All you have to do, we have to use our faith To declare what God said. Now remember, we experience the truth of God's word, not because we, I mean, we believe it, not because we see it, not because we feel it. And not because the text, the the test results have revealed it. We believe it because God said it. We are forever established on his word. Amen. Let me tell you an example now. uh, Many of you will have testimonies during this series of how the Lord has healed you. And you'll have testimonies of how the Lord has used you to heal others. We know that in our flesh, we don't house any power, not in our flesh, but the Holy Spirit within us uh, generates the power to manifest the healing. Right? Uh, uh, My wife and I, we, I got a call By a young lady who sometimes comes to the food bank and she told me about her friend uh, in another city, neighboring city. And she said, would you come? The doctors have given up, have given up all hope on her. And uh, would you come and pray? Because we had prayed with this young lady at the food bank and the Lord miraculously healed her. Praise the Lord. She has some lung, some sort of lung condition and she was always in pain. And the Lord took that away at an instant, at an instant. And so she said, would you want, would you come and help? Uh, would you come and pray for my friend? I said, yes. So, but we understand that power is not in this flesh called Mark Stroud. Jesus is the healer. Amen. Amen. And when you go forth and lay hands on the sick and see them recover, don't take credit for yourself because you didn't do it. It was Jesus that did it. Are you hearing? And so we said, yes, I'll go. It took a while, but yes, my wife and I went up there. We, we saw, we were visiting, I think Thursday. It was a day Thursday or Friday. We went up there to her house. Uh, the, the, the lady came to the door. Now she's probably in her late seventies, uh, just to give you a, a clue. And, uh, she came to the door doing like this, really labored breathing, really labored breathing, just like that. And, uh, and her friend told me, well, she's normally on oxygen 24 hours a day. My first thought, Patricia, was, maybe we need to go get that oxygen right now. Just tell you the truth about it. Where she was laboring, uh, really laboring. Now, I found out later after we had prayed that one of her lungs completely shut down. I mean, she, didn't, she only was on one lung. And uh, I'm not sure why and all that stuff, but we went into the room to her living room and uh, opened up the scripture and began to declare the word of the Lord. Amen. I went I went to Isaiah and I went to some other scriptures telling her what Jesus had done for her. Then I said, well, it's time for us to pray. And so she sat down in her comfortable chair and uh, I think it was a lazy boy. Ooh, I got to get me one of them. But that's another point. Uh, sat down in her chair and we prayed for her. And as we prayed for her, now I want you to understand something. We'll look at this in the series as we talk about um, the Lord using us for healing, I prayed first and then I began to to command. I began to command because Jesus said, go forth and heal the sick. So I began to command her lungs, come open, come open, come open, come open. And so at first she was Then after a few moments it was She was breathing clearly. Smiling in amazement, what Jesus had just done. Then I said, All right, I want you to stand up now. First, I had her sitting down because you know, the heavy breathing, she didn't like she could stand very long. So she stood up, and I said, All right, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I said, What else do you have? pains and eventually she said her knee had been hurting her for a while I said all right I said all right so I got on my knees and I prayed for her knee and then instantly the Lord took the pain out of her knee isn't that awesome instantly he healed her instantly he did that instantly and so as we left out that place she was just talking normally wasn't wasn't doing all that labored breathing walking and just talking we we're talking about the other things in her house and uh, so we left, and later on that night, uh, the lady that's come from the food bank called me and left me a message and said, I just want to tell you, I called her check up on her, and she's still sounding good, and her knee is still not hurting. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So I'm telling you, many of you will have those testimonies, and I look forward for you as, you, as we really get into this series. You see, because it has to happen in me first. I look forward to hearing your testimonies of how God uses you to lay hands on and pray and declare the healing in other people's lives. Hallelujah. Because understand something, it's not just a pulpit thing. I don't want you to think, oh, my pastor, oh, he can do it, he can do it. No, 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 it's you. Say with me, I will lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. Okay? Because right now in this world, this world is in pretty bad shape. Our country's in bad shape. Mass killings and, and, uh, and the things with the weather and all this stuff that's going on now, people are afraid. But let me tell you now that all that stuff is a distraction. For you, born-again believer, everything that's happening on the news is a distraction. Don't let it distract you. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on him because the world is going to need you. The world is going to need what you have. Hallelujah. 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 So this is why today I'm not preaching preaching to you a political message. We're trying to get you ready. Rescue. Ready. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are the rescue workers, as we talked about in Psalm 91, right? You are the rescue Amen. workers. Amen. So if you can believe that God will use you in supernatural ways, He will. And He'll send you more opportunities for you to manifest His glory. As a matter of fact, just last night a young lady called me. I didn't know who she was, um, but anyway, called me and told me that she had demons in her house. She's a, a single single woman and uh, children there, and uh, wanted me to come out and pray. Well, I prayed. I prayed in Jesus' name. Uh, now I'll be led as to where I'm gonna go. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, it doesn't matter who calls, I will be led. But I did pray, I prayed earnestly for her and her family last night Hallelujah. and this morning, and I will continue to pray because she was a very she sounded very much afraid. And so I will continue to pray and extend the covering of heaven over their lives. So if you're listening right now, young lady, I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declare healing and deliverance to your family and to your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you'll have many, many other opportunities. Don't let a demon scare you off somewhere. I've told you, I've gone into some real haunted houses before. Hallelujah. But the atmosphere will change when you step up and step in there. Knowing your gifts and callings, knowing what Jesus has done for you, knowing who you are in him. Hallelujah. You bet you want me. Oh, come on. Where are you? Let the others run. They may run from. I will run to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, because we have authority in Christ. Let's go back into the scriptures. Let's go now. Let's look at another scripture I want you to see. I want you to appropriate these healing scriptures in your life. I want you to appropriate them into your life. Let's look at another scripture right here. Psalm 107, verse number 20. Now this is a very, very simple scripture. Just this give you an idea of how to appropriate these things in your life. Psalm 107, verse 20 out of the King James Version. This is how it reads. It says what? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Simple word, right? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, this is what I want you to do. Declare, hear me. Father, I receive your sent word and your sent word has healed me and delivered me from my destructions. Somebody got that right. Father, say with me, Father, I receive your sent word. Come on, do like this. I receive your sent word. And your sent word has healed me and delivered me from my destructions. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? Uh, you've got to do that. Take the word of God. Uh, when you talk about Isaiah, see Jesus taking these things off of you and carrying them away. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of what the doctor says, the test results say, Jesus has done this for me and I stand firmly on the word of God. This is true. Does that make sense? Or somebody said, "Well, well, what if I die in that condition? Well, I would rather die in faith than live in doubt. Hallelujah. So let's give it all we got in Jesus' mighty name. So I'm telling you, last week we talked about how that, um, again, healing is God's will for you. Say with me, healing is God's will for me. There is no doubt about that. Come on, there is no doubt about that. The Father does not want me to perish. Say that. Hallelujah. This is truth. You got to settle that. You got to set it, and don't let anybody, some Mr. No good or, or, or whoever, Holy Roller say, well, maybe God don't want to heal you. The devil is a liar. It's God's will to heal you totally and completely. Are you hearing me? So totally and completely. So we said there's no part, no problem on God's end with healing. But there is the problem that we'll have here is in receiving. God has no problem giving, but the problem we'll have is in receiving. So we're going to be talking about, at least for today, possibly next week, how to receive and what are some hindrances to our receiving. So today we'll be speaking from the subject of the choke point. The choke point. What is obstructing our ability to receive our healing? Are you hearing? What is choking me? What is stopping me from receiving? Now, let's try to start this today. I'm not sure if we're going to finish it, but let's go to 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Second Kings, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to read to you today, really, verses 1 through 19. And you can read the entire chapter. It is thrilling. But I'm going to do my best to read to you verses 1 through 19 uh, out of the uh, New Living Translation. So once again, Second Kings, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 19. And this is how it reads. Uh, The king of Aram had great admiration um, for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given uh, Aram uh, great victories. But but, uh, But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from what? Leprosy. At this time, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel. Now, so we see here. Let me stop here for a second. We see here our main character. main character today is Naaman. He's a mighty man, and that through him, God um, brought many victories. Even though he was not a, uh, he was not an Israelite. He was not a child of God, but God still wrought many victories through him. The Lord says that here, and it says at this time the Armenian um, raiders had invaded the land of Egypt. Now, these are big bullies who are coming from Aram, coming with their knives, their their swords, and they're coming in and they're terrorizing the the land of Israel. They're terrorizing the villages that are on the outskirts, all right? And so they're coming in and they're doing bad things. Let's look at this again. And among, it says again, verse number two, at this time, uh, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl uh, who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. So they take this young girl as a slave. Imagine that. You're living in your house, and here comes these big bullies, this enemy army coming in and taking your young daughter. Oh, she's going to be a slave, and there's nothing you can do about it. So they take, they raid the, that was their chief uh, obligation or the chief thing that they wanted to do was to take the people of God captive to serve them. Yeah. All right? So grab a hold of that. So they took this young lady as a slave, or it says here, as a maid. It says, one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to, to see the prophet uh, in, in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Now, This young lady obviously had the love of God in her heart. Why do we say this? Because she was taken as a slave. Her will is no longer her own. And she sees that her master, Naaman, has leprosy. And she knows who can cure him. And releases a word. Even in her captivity, releases a word to her captor she still does good for those that have, have done her very much wrong. And so she said, I wish my master, I wish, I wish he would go to see the prophet in Israel. He would heal him of his leprosy. Verse 4, so Naaman told the king uh, what, the young, what the young girl uh, from Israel had said, go and visit the prophet, uh, the king of Aram uh, told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you. Now uh, to take to the king of Israel, so Naaman started out carrying carrying as gifts seven hundred fifty pounds of silver, one hundred fifty pounds of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, "This is a one-liner here. Uh, With this letter, I present my servant my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy." So. The little girl said, go to the prophet, but the king sent Naaman to the other king. Well, he's acting, first of all, in authority. He's going to the authority of the, of the town, of the, of the country. Go to the authority first. Go in order. So this is actually an orderly thing. Are you hearing? It says, all right, uh, when the king of Israel read, read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God? that I can give life and take it away. Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Because remember, the other country were coming in and stealing their people. And stealing their goods. They were raiding them. Anybody hear this? And so you get a letter from this enemy king says, here, here's my servant. By the way, he's the captain of my army. I'm sure one of the ones that have been raiding your town. I want you to come in and I want you to heal this man. Well, the king, of course, is dismayed. He's not a prophet. And uh, he tears his clothes and he thinks, of course, hey, he's trying to pick a fight with me. He thinks I can see this man going back to his homeland and he's not healed. And then then they're going to bring their, all their people down here and try to take this away from me. Does that make sense? All right. Verse, verse number nine. Uh, So no, let's go back at verse number, verse number eight, verse eight says, but when Elisha, uh, the man of God heard that the King of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Uh, Send Naaman to me. And he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Send with me. Now, here's a prophetic word for you. Because there'll be many people that will come to you for a word. And some of those people would have been talking about you like a dog. But they will need you. They may have stolen from you and everything else. But God is divinely setting them up. And you cannot allow your heart to be hardened to the degree that you can't help them. Are you hearing? So Naaman went, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and, and waited at the door of uh, Elisha's house. But Elijah sent a, a, a messenger out, out to him with this message. Here comes another one-liner. Go and wash yourself seven times in the, in, the, in, the, in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Stop for a moment. Elisha doesn't even come out the door. He stays inside. He sends a word. Now the prophet speaks for God. The prophet speaks for God. So what comes out of Elisha's house is a word from the Lord. And this word told him, go and wash. Go and wash. Now, obviously, in order for this man to fulfill this word, he got to get unclothed. I'm not sure how many of you actually take baths with your clothes on. But you got to disrobe to wash. And Jordan was filthy. It was a muddy, muddy river. It was bad. So the prophet says, you go and wash yourself in a dirty place and you'll come up clean. Go and wash yourself in that dirty place and you will come up clean. That is in effect what he was saying. This was the word of the Lord and it didn't make any sense. So let's see. But Naaman was what? angry and stalked away it's stalked what he said i thought he would certainly come out uh, to meet me and and uh, he said uh i expected him to wave his hands over the leprosy and call on the name of the lord his god and heal me what do you he he had expectations this is what I expect him to do because I'm a man of great stature. He's going to come out and see me. And I expect him when he gets out here to wave his hands. Woo. Do all of that. Woo. Papaya. I expected him to give me my miracle. He was insulted. He thought he was dishonored. That he did not that He wasn't respected. And here again, here's the choke point we're talking about. Now, Naaman is in the right place, and he has a bona fide word of God. He's in the right place at the right time, but he's got a nasty attitude. He can't receive. He's choking on the word because it does not meet his expectation. He was expecting something. This is how it's going to happen. I'll get healed this way. Wave his hands. He come out and talk to me. Uh, He'll do this and that, and I'll be well, and I'll go back home. But he was not expecting God to heal him in another way. Here's one of the choke points. Many of you are expecting God to heal you one way, but maybe he's saying another way. Are you choking on that? Naaman was also choking on pride, and who did the healing? Are you choking on that? Are we always expecting, well the pastor is going to, the pastor's going to lay hands on me. Maybe God wants to use someone in the back that you cannot stand yeah. that you cannot stand. Are we choking on the vessel? You have to look past the vessel and see God within the vessel. Does that make sense? So Naaman was choking here. He said, I, I, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Verse 12, it said, aren't, aren't the rivers of Damascus, the uh, Abana and, and the Farfar uh, far, um, better than any of the rivers of Israel? He was offended also at the place. Why can't I go to a big cathedral? Why can't I go to a nice place? Why I got to be here in a place that looks like a barn? Can't you heal me somewhere else? And the answer of God is in a small place. And they were choking, choking, and He was choking. Couldn't receive the things of God because it wasn't wrapped up in in what he thought it would be. And there are some people that are so hoity-toity. Have to have the finest of this and the finest of that. And God says, your answer is right there by the Money river Jordan. It's right there by the dump. Right there by the dump. And we're choking and cannot receive what God has for you. Isn't that something? Let's look at this man. He said, aren't there finer rivers? Aren't there better places for me to be healed? He says... Uh, why? Why couldn't I wash in them and be healed? So name. Uh, so Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Now again, he had the word. It was the right word at the right time. This was God, in fact, talking to him, telling him to go and wash in a nasty place, and you'll come up clean. But he was choking on the environment. He was choking on his pride. He was choking and he went away angry. His rage and his anger caused him to be choked. Are you hearing? But his officer tried to reason with him. Now, here's the mercy and grace of God. His officer tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very, uh, very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should um, certainly obey him when he says, simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the uh, to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times. shh seven times. Are you hearing? Uh, he dipped himself seven times, and uh, rather, as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Give God a hand of praise. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. But he had to fight something first. Now, the word was concrete. The word was real. God wanted to heal him, even though he was a big bully fighting with the other armies, coming in and taking the people of God captive coming in and bringing him into slavery even though he had a horrible past God was still willing to heal him are you hearing oh this is wonderful and so he obeyed the word of the Lord but he almost missed it he almost missed it matter of fact let me tell you something before we go any further again his pride he overestimated himself I'm a man of great stature and importance You ought to at least come out and talk to me, right? Great pride. And he was offended at the word, offended by the word and offended by the word carrier. You're not going to say nothing to me? You're not going to come out and see me? He was offended. Offense held him from receiving. Uh, He failed to see God. He failed to see the God in the man. Can you see the God in the man or in the woman that stands in front of you? He was blinded also by his anger, emotionally blinded. He was, struck, uh, he was struck by the method of healing. Remember, he wanted him to wave his hands. Get ready. There you go. He was expecting a certain kind of way of healing. Maybe because of that's how it was done at his former place. But the Father sends a word, because I believe He didn't want this man's faith to rest in the man of God, but in God Himself. So He sends him a word. Are you with? Are you with me? So he was stuck in the method of healing. He couldn't switch until he received the new word. Uh, he had false expectations. We said that, and also he was offended by the place of healing, the environment, and also. At last, he refused to do the word of the Lord until somebody, that's why it's good to have people around you that love you or that care about you. Hallelujah. That's got some sense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said, Master, hey, if he had told you to go out and maybe slay a dragon or climb some mountain, wouldn't you have done that? Well, why don't you do this simple thing? Go to this dirty place... And dip your nasty body in this dirty place and you're going to come up clean. Well, you know, he did that, praise God, and got wonderfully healed. Let's look further on. Then, uh, then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him. All right, now Elisha is out here now. They stood before him. And Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. Isn't that something? Remember I told you God is setting him up. He was all prideful and arrogant and think that the Armenian army had it all together. We can come in anytime we want to and take all your stuff, take all your people. We are the superior ones. So I know when I come down to your house, you want to come out and talk to me. You're gonna talk to me. You're gonna wave your hands at me and you're gonna heal me because we are the superior group. God said, uh-huh. Go out and go wash in that nasty water seven times, and then you'll see who God is. Are you hearing? God heals him miraculously. And then he comes back and he knows that there is a God in Israel. God set him up. He set him up. He set him up for his household to be saved and for uh, for the power of the Lord to be revealed right there. Right there in Aram. Isn't that something? Let's look a little bit further. This is good stuff, isn't it? And so he said, please accept a gift from your servant. But you can't take something from everybody. It says in verse number uh, 16, But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gift. And though uh, Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, All right. See, even his, in his refusal, God was setting him up. Uh, Naaman said, All right, but please allow me to load Two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. See, this is when they thought that God resided, uh, that, that the Father was the God of the land only. And so they thought, well, I'll take the land with me, and taking the land with me, some dirt from this place, then He'll go with me too. You're hearing me? He said, I want your God to be with me. I'm going to serve your God now. I'll take the dirt with me, I'll take it home with me. Isn't that something? So he's decided, hey, you have the God to serve. And so he said, um, he said, let me take it back home with me. He said, from now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. Man getting saved. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple uh, to the god, to the god um, Rimon, uh, to worship there, and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I when I bow to. Lord, I'm not really serving this God anymore. I'm done with that. But please let the Lord pardon me, okay? When he and King leans, I got to bow too. But I'm not bowing to Rimon anymore. I'm bowing to the name of the Lord. I'm bowing to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm bowing to Jesus now. Because by this show of power, this man's life has been transformed. But where did it start? From that little slave girl who went home, who was not bitter after being taken from her family. She still had compassion, and God set this man up. Isn't that something? All right, let's look on a little bit further here. What verse do we stop in? Uh, okay, um, number 17. And, and Naaman, no, no, what now? 18, all right. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of God, or rather temple of, uh, of the God, uh, Remen, uh to worship there and lean, leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow to. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we saying here? And it goes on here because after this, uh, Elisha's servant, you can read this when you get home, Elijah's servant, uh, Elisha's servant said, Oh, my master, what's wrong with Elisha? What's wrong with him? He should have at least taken something from this man. He came up here with all the silver, uh, 750 pounds of silver. And listen, this is something because he wants to give it all to Elisha. 750 pounds of silver, even by today's standards, that's still a lot of money. 150 pounds of gold, that's still a lot of money. And I believe seven changes, seven to ten changes of clothing, that's a lot of money. And so the servant saw that and said, hey, Oh, he should have at least gotten some out of this man, some from our from our trouble, for our trouble. And so they, um Naaman leaves; he goes away. But the servant waits. Elijah going back in the house. All right, well, fine. And he goes out. <laughs> hey, wait, buddy! Naaman gets down off of his horses. And says, it's okay, well, as a, his a servant. Yeah. What, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. My master said, hold on a second. My master said, uh, uh, we got some prophets, some guests coming in from out of town, and they could, she'll, she'll use a little bit of them supplies you got. Oh, uh, sure, take what you need. Uh, uh, maybe about 75 pounds of that silver you got there. Oh, sure, take it, take it, take it. 75 pounds, 70, look at 75 pounds, which was a tenth of the silver that he had. Oh, uh, let me have that. Let me have that. Yeah, sure, take it. And he gave his mother stuff. And, and, the, and the servants went back with him to the house. When they got to the house, uh, uh the, the, the servant hid everything in the house. Oh, don't want the man of God to see this. He hid it all in the house. Then Elisha said to him, after the servants had gone away and after the man's uh, name of servants had gone away, Elisha said to him, where have you been? I think his name was Gehazi. Where have you been? He said, surely my spirit has gone with you. In other words, God showed me everything you just did. He said, is it time now for us to basically start receiving payments for our services? Is it time now for that? Is it time? He said, no, I tell you what. um, The leprosy that he had will now come on you and on all your descendants from here on out. And his servant had leprosy for the rest of his life and all of his family. Touching something that did not belong to him. Because why? This man was going back home thinking, hey. I didn't have to pay for the miracle. God really does love me. I'm going back home and sh- share this with my family. I got all this dirt from this land and I will never again serve any other God, only him. But then here comes the servant of Elisha. Hey, hey, second thought. We will have a little something, something. Because of what you did, You will have leprosy on you and throughout your entire generation. Are you understanding? So I'm believing the man still gave his life and everything was fine that he couldn't, that this servant couldn't mess it up. So, but, uh, again, how are we going to fix ourselves from this choke point? As we are closing out today, we need to humble ourselves, change our attitudes, be obedient to the word of God and don't see the vessel, see the God in the vessel. See the God in the vessel. The Lord takes you there and says, obey, bow down and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Now, over the course of series next week, I'm going to show you other examples, the Lord willing, of other people in the Bible that had choke points. Choke points. As we go through these examples, if a choke point fits you, well, then say, ouch, Lord, hallelujah, let me adjust myself. Are you hearing? Let me adjust myself. Because there are several people in the yes. word that had choke, choke yes. points and almost missed it. Hallelujah. Almost missed it. Jesus. And it is not God's desire that you or I miss it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah? Yes. So as the Lord was dealing with me about this, I had to check myself. Jesus. Lord, please forgive me of my arrogance. Hallelujah. Because it's it's easy sometimes to get involved with the vessel. Yes. You say, well, Lord, I don't even like so-and-so. Yes. I don't even like so-and-so. But the word of God is true and is coming from that mouth. There could be a holy word coming from a nasty mouth. Then what are we going to do? Are you hearing? Don't look at the vessel. Listen for the voice of God. Wherever he chooses to send it, we must be obedient and hear his word. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day. We thank you for the word of God that you've given unto us. Father, I pray that we won't choke on our anger, choke on bitterness, choke uh, with the place, choke uh, with preconceived notions as to how we expect to be healed, Father, I pray that we won't choke from the person or how they're communicating with us. Father, we pray this morning in Jesus' name that those choke points be removed from us totally and completely. And when you say a word, when you call upon us, Father, I pray that we will have a ready heart, ready to answer, and ready to respond. Father, we repent right now in Jesus' name out of of all shortcomings, anything that has hindered us in the past from receiving from you. So, Father, we say this morning, have your way in us. We open up ourselves now to receive your fullness. To receive your fullness. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise this morning. Now, come on, give the Lord a mighty hand. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.